Well, we are in a series called Getting Ready for the Harvest. And this series is about how to prepare the abundance of blessings in your life. Prepare for the abundance of blessing that God is going to give in your life. I believe that God is going to bring great blessing in your life as well as in the life of this church. And so we need to prepare ourselves and get ready for these amazing blessings that God is going to do in our lives. In this series, we've been, we've been focusing on Malachi chapter 3. In the book of Malachi, the prophet makes several charges against the people of Israel because they had been living in disobedience to the Word of God. Uh, and if you, if you have never read that book, I really encourage you to read that because there are some really, really interesting lessons that we can learn from there. But the book of Malachi is not just a long-winded accusation. It is an appeal to reconciliation and restoration. It is a written record of God reaching out to His people, calling them back to Him to be more committed, to be more obedient, and to be more holy, and to be more blessed. And chapter 3 begins with God is making an offer of restoration to His people. So let's look at these verses. I'm going to read that one. It's going to be on the screen, or you can actually follow in your Bible. Is it there? Yeah, there it is. See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. Now according to these verses, there are three important things God wants to do in your life and in my life to prepare you for his abundance of blessing that is going to come in our way. Number one is that God wants to wash out every stain from your life. God wants to wash out every stain in your life. Malachi says the Lord will be like a laundry soap. Now, if you have done laundry, you know that some stains are not easy to come out, isn't it? You know? Uh, that's why you soak it in the bleach so they can come out really, really clean. They can look new again. This is what God wants to do with us. He wants to get the dirt out of our lives. He wants to wash away the stain of sin from your life. Everything that we have done in the past that has made our lives so ugly and so unclean, He washes away. And this is what the Bible says in 1 John. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. We have all sinned and we have all done things we wish we hadn't done. Things that we can't take back and things we can't fix on our own. And we feel guilty of those things. We go to bed feeling really guilty those things that we have done in our lives. Every person on this planet shares this guilt, my friends. But God promised that he will forgive everyone 
who comes to him confessing their sin. It's not that he covers it up or looks the other way and pretends it isn't there. He really wants to wash it out. He wants to remove the stain of sin from your sin. Have you ever had a stain on your dress or suit or something? You know, you are going to a big function and suddenly you said, you know, I can't go with this one. I have to do something. I, I have done it many times. I had stain. And so quickly I get some eyebrow pencil or something like that. Maybe just cover it up. Just for that. But, you know, the stain is still there, isn't it? When I come back home, a couple of days after that stain is still there. I've got to take to a dry cleaner or somewhere to clean it. Sometimes, you know, we try to cover those things in our lives. Cover those sins in our lives. Um, you know, Jesus came to the world and died on the cross so that we can be set free from the penalty and the power of sin. That's what the Bible says. But we need to come to God in repentance. Look at what David prayed in Psalm 51. This is what he said. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. You see, David prayed this prayer after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. David tried to cover it up. But nothing can be hidden from God, the Bible says. Nothing can be hidden from God. He can see everything. Everything is open and naked before God. So David eventually had to come to God with repentance and ask God for forgiveness and cleansing. If you read Psalm 51, you see that's a story of his confession of his sin, the adultery that he committed, and the murder that he committed. And he was asking God to forgive, and to cleanse him. See, in order to get back on the right track, we need to be willing to say, God, cleanse me. Wash away every ugly thing. Purify my heart and remove every stain of sin from my life. Let me ask you, what is the sin, the stain that needs to be cleansed and removed from your life right now? What is it? What is the sin? Is it a sexual sin? Is it greed? Is it a bad habit? Is it anger? Is it resentment? Is it gossip? Is it slander? Is it a critical spirit? Whatever it may be, God is ready to remove that stain from your life. But you need to come to him and confess that sin to him. He promised to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, my friends, you don't need to carry the guilt of your sin. God says, I will forgive you as long as you are able to come to me and, and, and be open with me and, and honest with me and share your sin with me. God already knows it. Then you say, why do I have to do that? Well, when you go into God by confessing your sin, you are acknowledging that you are a sinful person. And God will forgive your sin. Here's the second thing that God wants to do in your life in order to put you back on the track. God wants to take out everything that is not gold. God wants to take everything out of your life that is not gold. Look at verse 2. For he will be like a refiner's fire or a laundress soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifies, purifier of silver 
He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Now, notice, let me say this. It doesn't say that God is like a bushfire. Because a bushfire, as you know, destroys everything in its path. And we have been watching on the news the devastating effect of bushfire in our country. So please, please, please continue to pray for all those who have been affected by the bushfire recently. And please pray for rain. We desperately need rain. And also please pray for all the firefighters and all the emergency personnel who are out there fighting and trying to save our lives. Please remember them in your prayers. But Malachi says, God is like a refiner's fire. His purpose is not to destroy us, but to restore us. You know, the process of refining metals, the raw material or metal is heated with fire until it melts. Everything that is in pure metal will separate and rise to the surface. And so that it can be skimmed off the top. What remains is pure gold or pure silver. What I have learned is that there's a lot of things in our lives that may not necessarily be bad for us, but they are not gold. <laughs> they are not gold. They are not the best. They are not the best. If you are not careful, you will spend all your time doing what is good and neglecting what is best. Every person needs to decide for themselves, what is God's best for me? What is God's best for you? What are the most important things for me to devote my time and energy? Every life must go through this refining process where we take out everything that is not gold, no matter how much it may glitter. You know, most of us spend so much of our time doing the good things, but not doing the best. Not doing the best. There was a time in my life I was running around doing so many things. I was trying to save the whole world. I was spending my time and energy on so many things. Then I realized that God did not call me to be the manager of the universe. No, that's not my job. He did not call me to be the savior of the world. That's his job, not my job. And sometimes being a pastor, you know, people put a lot of pressure on you. And people expect you to do everything that they can think of, everything that they see on the TV. You know, and they say, oh, why this pastor is not doing this or doing that? And they put pressure. And then you can be under that kind of pressure and try to do the things, running around and doing so many things, trying to please everybody and pleasing none at the end. Hello? Does it make sense? Everybody's gone quiet. I'm telling you the truth. Most of us, we do that in our lives. We are trying to do so many things, but not doing the best. Everything that we are doing good, but not doing the best. And as a result of that, we are missing out really doing what God wants us to do in our lives. Because you are not the manager of the universe, my friend. Don't take that responsibility on you to fix everybody else's problem and to do everything that you need to do because you think that you are in charge of the universe. No, you are not. 
Sorry about that. God is in charge of the universe, not you, not me. God called me to put him first in every area of my life and allow him to do his best in my life. That's why Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That should be our priority, putting God first in every area of our lives and allowing God to refine our lives. See, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life will be like a refiner's fire so that he can separate everything that is not gold from your life. That's because he wants nothing but the best for you. Nothing but the best for you. Now here's the third thing that God wants to do to get you back on the right track. God wants to see his reflection in you. God wants to see his reflection in you. Like we said before, when gold and silver were refined, they were put under the fire to melt so that everything that is not gold or silver would be removed. And the worker could look down and see his own reflection on the surface of the metal. He knew then that the metal was pure. He could say, this is pure gold. This is pure silver because it has captured my reflection. It has captured my reflection. This is what God wants to do for you, my friend. It is not just that he wants to wash away the stain of your sin. He wants to fill your life with the beauty of God himself. He wants you to be a reflection of his likeness. For example, the Bible says God is love. And he wants you to reflect his love. God is merciful and he wants you to reflect his mercy. God is holy and he wants you to reflect his holiness. God is compassionate, so he wants to, you to reflect his compassion. God is just, so he wants you to reflect his justice. God is generous and he wants you to reflect his generosity. You see, that's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 2, he said, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see, we are called to imitate God in everything just as children imitate their parents. God's goal for us that we might be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, the Bible says. Look at what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Let's read this verse together, please. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice what he's saying here. I no longer live. I no longer live. But who lives? But Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. That is what being a disciple of Jesus Christ means, my friends. 
the new life I have in Jesus Christ is being conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. That means every element of my personality is part of the life of Jesus Christ. Every element of my personality must reflect the personality of Jesus Christ. It means, you know, in the practical ways, it means Christ is thinking in me, Christ is speaking in me, Christ is acting in me. That's how we reflect Jesus Christ in our lives. Is that what's happening in your life, my friends? When you are speaking, when you are thinking, when you are acting, is that what Christ is doing that in your life? Or is it your flesh? Is it you? The Bible says when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, He comes and lives in your life. He does the refining process in our lives, making us just like Jesus Christ. You know, that's the ultimate purpose of God. That he wants us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So one day we, we are like Jesus Christ in, in our action, in our thinking, in everything that we reflect Jesus Christ. In. That is the purpose. That is the whole purpose of God leaving us on this earth. <laughs> Otherwise he would have taken us a long time ago. He, he gives you this life You are alive today because God wants to do something in your life. He doesn't want you to be the same person that you were 10 years ago. Or last year. This year, another year, another decade is going to finish. We're going to be in the, in the new decade. And so, in this new 2020, God wants to do something great in your life. He wants to change your life to make you a new person. So that you will reflect the characteristic of Jesus Christ in your life. You know, that is my prayer every day. I go to bed every night. When I wake up every night, this is my prayer. God, please make me like you. Allow me, help me, Lord, to reflect your characteristic, your personality in my life, in my dealing with people in my personal life. And that's my prayer every day. Because I want to be like him. I would like you to take a few moments to examine your life this morning. Are you on the right track? Or have you wandered away from God's path? Yeah, maybe you became a Christian many years ago. And you, you have that heritage, you know, I've been a Christian for so many years. And you probably know the Bible so well. But let me ask you a very personal question right now. Is your life, have you given Jesus Christ the first place in every area of your life? Can Jesus Christ see his reflection in you? When other people look at you, can they see the reflection of Jesus Christ in your life? God wants to do great things in your life and in the life of our church. I really believe that with all my heart that there is going to be a great revival in this church. But it can never happen. I can tell you it will never happen if we 
as people of God, continue to live in sin, continue to live in disobedience to God's word, it's not going to happen. So here is the answer, my friend, what we can do if you want to see a revival in our church. Put this verse up on the screen, please. Let's read that verse. Look at that one, it says. Can we read this verse together, please? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Australia desperately need a revival here, my friends. Isn't it? We need. Are we the stumbling block? Am I the stumbling block from happening that in this country, in my church, in here, in this community where I live? Am I the stumbling block because I continue to live in sin and continue to live in disobedience to God's word? Yes, I may be doing lots of good things, but I'm not doing the best. I'm not doing the best for God's kingdom. And I want to encourage you today. Would you just please stand as we pray?